Pearl Charles is a singer-songwriter who has been recording and touring for the last decade. She started in a band called the Driftwood Singers with singer Christian Lee Hudson. In 2018, she put out a solo album called Sleepless Dreamer. And in January of this year, she put out a follow-up called Magic Mirror. I sat down to chat with her about this album, some of her songs, and her musical influences. She has a great sense of style with her music, fusing pop, country, and modern sounds in a very unique way. I hope you enjoy our talk. You guys started playing music at a pretty young age, and you played in a bunch of different bands and projects. And I was wondering if you could tell us a bit about the different groups that you've been in your in your musical career. Yeah, so the first band that I was in, it actually started out as like a big band called um, the Driftwood Reunion Band. But um, as I've learned in my tenure as a musician, the more uh, members you have, the more people you're trying to coordinate with, and it was really hard to actually like pursue that project as like this eight piece band which was like pedal steel fiddle like all of the country stuff that you'd want so then we kind of decided to strip that project all the way down to just being a close harmony duo like inspired by the carter family and you know the tradition of classic country duets and that was me and this guy christian lee hudson who actually just released a record on anti and he plays in Better Oblivion Community Center, I think is the name of the band, with Phoebe Bridgers and Connor Oberst now. So uh, that was when we were both in college together at CalArts. And then when I moved on from that project, I started playing stand-up drums in a band called The Blank Tapes, which was much more garage-oriented, definitely 60s-inspired. And so, you know, a, a warp speed trip through time from like the thirties to the sixties <laughs> into a very different style of music. And that was really fun and uh, really a totally different experience. And then I kind of took both of those things with me into this project. So, you know, there's a little bit of country and a little bit of rock and roll. It's <laughs> a good trajectory. When you say um, stand up drums, what do, you, what do you mean by stand up drums? Um, so I didn't like sit down. I would just play a floor tom and a snare and I would occasionally have a cymbal. Gotcha. Um, and I think that was sort of the, sometimes it's called like a cocktail kit, but with a cocktail kit, I usually think that they have like a kick drum or like at least a, just a a stand up kind of tom where you have a kick pedal Mm -hmm. and you hit the bottom of the tom as a kick, right. but I, I never did that. I didn't use my feet. <laughs> huh. I was a hands only drummer. I'm not super coordinated. I can like sit down behind a drum kit and like play like a beat, but um, it's kind of inspired by like the Velvet Underground, although they may have actually had a more complex setup than me. <laughs> right. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, your, your music has this kind of trajectory um, pushing towards the 70s. And, and this, this new album has a, a total 70s vibe to it. And uh, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about um, uh, where that inspiration came from. Yeah, I mean, growing up, I listened to I listened to like the oldie station and I listened to the music my parents turned me on to, which was a lot of the quintessential 60s rock and roll. Um, like the Beatles and Dylan and stuff. Although obviously all those people went on to have careers in the seventies as well. Not the Beatles as a group, but you know, as a each with their solo projects. So it kind of felt like 
a natural progression to me to get to the 70s. And now I'm kind of stuck in it. <laughs> I mean, I think it's funny because, like, the record clearly is very 70s inspired, but also sonically we chose to, like, record it in a modern way. You know, it's recorded digitally, not to tape. Mm. And even though it's going through an old 70s board. <laughs> right. So it, it does have that sound to it, but we, we wanted to keep it in a sense still sounding kind of modern. There's definitely some newer bands that really focus on recording to tape and making it sound really retro. Mm. And obviously all the production choices lend themselves to that. But I think that um, I've always wanted to still take that into the now because I am a modern artist and um, make a commentary on this time and use all those influences although of course mainly they're focused in the 70s but there's also i mean i was i'm influenced by like oasis and like Sheryl crow and stuff and those guys are kind of like a 90s take on the 70s and that's when i grew up so i right. think that's part of it yeah yeah when i was listening to it i, I was hearing some uh, jenny lewis influence i was wondering if you're uh, if you're into her music I'm a big fan of Jenny Lewis. Yeah, definitely. I grew up listening to her. I mean, she's a quintessential LA um, female music icon for my era. Right. Right. Yeah, I love the, all the stuff going back to Rilo Kylie and then her, her um, solo stuff as well. It's, it's fantastic. Me too. I mean, her most recent record might be my favorite of all of hers, actually. That one, it blew me away. I didn't realize it was coming out. And um, the, the song... Uh, um, that Hollywood Lawn was really good, but then Head's Gonna Roll. That song is that song is so incredible. I love it. Hollywood Lawn is my favorite, so I'm glad you mentioned that one. Yeah. Yeah, those two. I played um I played Head's Gonna Roll on my show like weekly. It was <laughs> I couldn't stop playing it. It was so so good. That's awesome. Yeah. So um the, the first single is uh Only For Tonight and it has this uh this great pop sensibility to it and some disco kind of vibe to it and ABBA and all that stuff. And I was just uh kinda of interested in, in where that song came from. funny i i i didn't grow up i mean i grew up you know listening to abba at like you know birthday parties and whatever mm -hmm. um dancing queen and stuff and i never really thought to take them seriously as a band which i think is like a major misstep of a lot of people mm -hmm. um i think it happens with a lot of really popular bands they stop being respected as musicians because people just see them as like a pop thing mm -hmm. and so as I got older, I just started getting really into them. I don't know. I got more and more attracted to their music and I started like diving deeper into their catalog and realizing that they have so much more than just the dancing queens and the mom is. Although I also like reappreciated those songs for how amazingly complex they are, like the arrangements, the recordings, the singing, it's they're it's seriously like high level stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think it's cool that like, I feel like they're starting to get a little bit more appreciation. And I'd like to think I could maybe help be a part of that in some way. Obviously, I mean, they're appreciated in Sweden and stuff. They have their own museum and all of that, which I'm dying to go to. That's like one of my lifetime goals. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I sat down 
you know, I almost wanted to try to do this on my last record, but um, the producer was like, I don't know, that's really ambitious. Let's kind of stick with like what we're doing, mm-hmm. which was cool. But um, then I've, I still had it in the back of my mind. I was like, no, I really want to do this Ava thing, but like, I guess I really need to like, I can't just turn one of my songs into an Ava song. I need to write it from the get-go. So I met up with a friend of mine and I told him like, yeah, I have this idea to do like an Ava kind of song. And he was like, well, I, I actually learned Dancing Queen for a wedding. So I, we can like kind of use that as like a basis to sort of think about, what, you know, what's their style? What are their writing techniques? What are the things that they're doing that we could try to emulate? And that's how we came up with the song. So it's definitely a direct tribute, no denying that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think it's funny because some people are like, it's kind of like a country version of ABBA or something. And I think that's what makes it fit in on the album. And it's definitely like a unique outlier track. But right. I thought it was a really fun way to like kind of kick off the party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's got some uh, some some great hooks, um, uh, uh, hooky elements to it. The um, the the repetition of that um, the, the the melody um, I pl- played on a on a synth or a keyboard or whatever. It kind of it's, it's this earworm that sticks with you. There's some there's some really good elements to that song. That is definitely what we were thinking. It's basically wall to wall hooks. Like there's no space. Which and then you know you juxtapose it with a song like Magic Mirror or something, which is like all space. So I thought it was fun. You know, you can go maximalist, you can go minimalist, and it can all be contained within the same record. Yeah, absolutely. It it, it definitely works. Well, there's also a lot of deep um, synth and kind of uh, organ sounds on the album. And I was wondering what your your primary instrument is um, when you play in the band. Well, you know, it's funny. My my primary instrument is acoustic guitar in the band. Although I did start my musical career playing piano. And so this album being so keyboard heavy has kind of pushed me back onto the keys a bit. Hmm. So now when we play, obviously we're not doing any live shows, but we're doing some live streams. And um, I play Magic Mirror on keys hmm. and I play Imposter on keys. And I mean, the thing is that might expand. At this point, those are the two that I've been doing on keys because I think that they're really like crucial to have that element. Mm-hmm. And we have pedal steel player and a guitar player but the guitar player can also switch the keys sometimes too so you know we all kind of switch around and do whatever works best for the song right yeah i wonder if that's the 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 jenny lewis vibes i was getting from the album was all the uh the the keyboard playing on it you know yeah yeah yeah. she plays keys live too but sometimes she also switches to guitar and i know she started out on bass so right you got to do it all Exactly. Well, I like this song, uh, What I Need, quite a bit as well. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about uh, where that song came from. That song is about an experience that I think a lot of people have been through, which is when you are dating someone for a really long time. And I mean, the thing is, I think it can apply outside of dating, but this particular situation was about a, a relationship for me that had extended past the time where it was productive and I still loved the person very much and he still to this day they're a close friend of mine but we just knew we weren't compatible as a couple Mm. but it was so hard to accept because we were best friends and we knew that our role in each other's life was going to change so I think that's 
what the song is about, about not wanting to go home because you're worried that it's going to be the last time you're going to see them and, and not being able to be honest about how you really feel because you're scared and you're sad. And, you know, this relationship just doesn't serve you anymore. And I think that that message applies to so many things, whether it's a friendship, a romantic relationship, a job, whatever, just a, a, a mindset. If it doesn't serve you anymore, it's kind of scary to grow through it, but you have to because you have to move on to something more productive. So um, touring obviously is, is shut down for now, and uh, no uh, no clear signs is when when it's all going to start. What what are your plans with um, uh, the album release and promoting the album and all that without being able to tour? Um, like I said, it's been very live stream heavy, <laughs> right. which I'm not going to lie, it's not my favorite thing in the world. Um, because I, I mean, I love it. I love being able to play music and I'm really happy to be able to share it with people. And in some ways it's really cool because we're capturing something that we might not have really captured on audio and video. Uh, if we were on the road, I mean, you'd get people filming on their phones or whatever, but like these real proper sessions that are actually uh, recorded well on a board and all of that stuff. Um, so that's cool. I'm definitely trying to see the upside of that, but I've missed, you know, the fan to artist interaction it's an energy exchange when you're playing and like that's something that i really miss a lot but definitely just focusing on the live streams and we did one for rough trade as the record release one and then i'm going to do one in the coming weeks for a british blog called the line of best fit and there's always more popping up and we'll definitely be doing a lot of that so you know if you check out my instagram and all that i have all that information there and then yeah, I mean, I've made a few different kinds of limited edition vinyl and some shirts and kind of just trying to keep it interesting with the merch and see see what happens. It's a new world releasing music in a pandemic. Right. So I'm kind of still figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems like as soon as you guys figure everything out, then touring will start again and then you'll go back to the, the old model. I think, I mean, that's totally true, but that's the question is how what have we learned in this time and what can we take with us to the future? Like, do we want to do things the same way we've always done them? Um, We have really, I've spent my last 10 years of my life on the road and I do feel really comfortable there, but at the same time, I'm like getting a little bit older and wondering like, how hard can I continue to push myself in this regard? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm down to do it, but, um, up until this record, you know, we've been driving ourselves and I'm the one selling the merch and like, I'm the tour manager. I'm the, <laughs> I'm the merch person. I'm the singer. I'm the driver. I'm everything. And I love it. I live for it. Don't get me wrong, but it's very tiring. So I'm just like, maybe we can try to like do it a little smarter right. going forward. You know what I mean? Cause when you're, you're just like, I'll just do anything <laughs> right. because I really want to get out there, which is great and admirable. And then that is like probably my biggest piece of advice to, like burgeoning musicians would be like, you just have to get out there and like play a million shows. That's just what you do. But mm-hmm. I've been doing it for a while now. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Right. It's interesting when you talk about um, doing things differently and, and figuring it out. I was talking to um, uh, Hector from Las Cafeteras last night um, doing an interview, and he, was, uh, he had just gotten off the phone with someone, um, uh, and they're working out um, doing some TikTok um, uh, stuff with their band. Um, have, you, have you gotten into to that element of social media? I tried. I got a TikTok for a few days, but I was like, <laughs> I literally don't understand what's going on here. And I like, I think I'm pretty, like, technologically abled. <laughs> but then I'm like, now I totally get what people are saying when they're like, I don't understand the use. I'm like, I don't, I like don't get how this works at all. <laughs> so I might try to revisit it. I mean, I have like this great video for only for tonight, and I'm like, this song and this video are great. Like, I don't really know how TikTok works, but maybe there's some sort of way to get it on there <laughs> yeah i don't know either i mean i see funny stuff but yeah I, I feel the same way about it i i don't know how artists could harness that you know that energy that's there it's 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 strange yeah i mean it, the the never-ending question is like how do you make something go viral obviously and like mm-hmm. at the end of the day i mean i think there's probably things going on behind the scenes that we don't know about that sometimes things that seem like they're organically viral maybe have more of a push behind them than we know um but at the same time i also think it's just algorithmic and completely random (laughs) so yeah yeah i think the best ticket really it's funny because my little sister said that to me she's like you need to go viral on tiktok i was like i mean yeah that'd be great that sounds (laughs) awesome but i'm just gonna keep making the best music i can and putting it out there and then we'll see what happens (laughs) that's tried and true yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you make yourself uh, do what Bernie did over this last week. That was really incredible. I mean, Bernie's team. I saw that they made a sweatshirt of that. Like their social media is incredible. I really am impressed. He must have young people working for him. Just like to turn that into a merch opportunity, and then I mean, all the proceeds are going to charity, so it's actually just for a great cause. And at the end of the day, but that's that's what's smart is like turning going viral into an opportunity to actually make some money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I volunteered on his campaign um, uh, when he was running and uh, I, I could say the, the people I volunteered with, it was all very young. It was all early twenties and, and um, it, it totally makes sense that, you know, that, that all kind of works together like that. Well, I love Bernie, so more power to him. I'm yeah. happy for him to be getting any more play. He needs it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, that's all the questions I had for you. Was there any uh, any uh, last things you wanted to mention before we go? Um, just that the first pressing of the record is sold out, so I've made a second one now with a different colored vinyl and a different poster. So, if anyone is interested, they should grab one before they're also gone. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Thanks for for connecting with me this morning. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, too. It was great chatting.